0: Everybody wants to know the secret. What's the secret to prayer? And Jesus himself said, the secret to prayer is secret prayer. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality.
1: Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Before we start the show, I have something to share with you. If you or someone close to you is suffering from a sense of anxiety or loneliness, the truth is anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness affecting 40 million adults in the United States every year alone. And according to a recent study, more than 60% of Americans report feeling lonely, left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. This matters a lot because loneliness is stressful enough to raise all-cause mortality by up to 30%. So, I've written a free guide with 10 ways you can start to overcome anxiety and defeat your loneliness. Don't wait on positive emotions learn how to create them for yourself starting right now. You can grab the guide by heading over to drmartinfletcher.com. That's doctor spelled
0: d r martinfletcher.com. Good morning, Marty. Good morning, Matt. I know that you said that you were feeling heavy and and a little overwhelmed even in your role understanding so much as a psychologist, mm-hmm. and I know I've felt the same way and Probably part of it has to do with everything that's going on in the season.
1: Oh gosh, yes.
0: You know one of the things that that I think would be really good for us to talk about from a psychological standpoint as well as from a theological standpoint and a biblical standpoint, is the idea of something I, in our lives, I believe, that could impact our experience with current events. I mean, when you look at everything going on, forest fires, storms, the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Mm -hmm. the violence in the cities, the elections, coronavirus, minor thing. Lockdowns in some states? Lockdowns, yeah. And if there was something that we could touch on today that would help us in our spirits, if you want to say that, as well as not be unrelated to everything going on in the world, let alone everything going on around us. If you had to ask me, what would be one thing that has an impact? I would have to say it would be prayer.
1: I think you're right on target there. And, and I'm, I dug up some stats for you that you might be interested in because a lot of people go, Oh, we don't, I've even heard this publicly. We don't need prayers. We need action as if mm-hmm. prayer is not an action. So I thought this was interesting. A Pew study showed that only 23% of people seldom or never pray. That's just, you know, one in five about, right? So everybody else is praying. 55% are praying. This is USA. Uh, mm-hmm. 55% are praying at least once a day, okay? 70% were Christians. 4% of agnostics pray. And three 3.1% 3, 3. of atheists pray. I don't know who they're praying to. Cover your bases.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, that's I want to hear the rest of the statistics since you brought it up. Yeah, please. I think a lot of people pray to an unnamed higher spirit of the universe, higher power kind of a thing, to universal truth. I think some people would say they pray to their ancestors. Some people pray to God. Some people pray to themselves.
1: Some people pray to the dollar.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a whole nother topic. To the bottle, yeah. Yeah, yeah keep going on the stats
1: yeah sure so I thought this was inter- because it's serious because um, I want to make that point so 101 medical schools are incorporating patient spirituality that's how strong the research is supporting the positive health benefits even wound healing right and then as far as political lines 42 percent who pray daily are Republican and 40 percent are Democrats so it's kind of right down the middle on that kind of stuff
0: you know it's interesting because I know globally in every culture, people pray. Something about our humanity, our DNA, just in however you think we got here, we were built in our very genetic makeup, in our personalities, which is every bit as complex as our physiology, Mm -hmm. to pray. That's right. To speak our thoughts or listen or reach out in some way.
1: Yeah, so it affects us physiologically, too, because we have imaging studies right now to show that when people are in prayer, you know, imaging studies are like the activity and blood flow in in the brain, right? So we can see what's happening while it's happening, that the brain behaves as if it is actually speaking to another person being. Isn't that interesting?
0: Wow, that is incredible.
1: It also lowers the risk of depression and anxiety by up to 90%. It's powerful stuff. It lowers the risk of depression and anxiety, which is mainly what I treat, by up to 90%. It is powerful stuff. And uh, you know, like you said, I'm kind of in the tank a little bit this week. I'm just too busy and things like that. I'm relying on it from morning into night. And two days this week, I didn't have my devotions in. And guess what? Those days were different than today, okay, and not in a good way
0: that's amazing and i think we have so many preconceived notions of prayer that it'll be good to unpack some of that for
1: sure that's that's your expertise so let's get into it
0: Mm. i think one of the things that you said and it sounds like the research all backs it up is that there's probably a lot of people out there including those who are christians who feel sometimes like prayer is doing nothing and and i guess i would say prayer is not doing nothing and you've just given us research to say Prayer is not doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I think without prayer, we, we're we standing for nothing, running from one fix to another. And I think one really dangerous trend with social media is, we, in a way, we have substituted our Facebook posts for prayer.
1: Oh, interesting. Say more about that.
0: Well, I I a friend of mine who's a terrific woman, she's, what do you would say, a Christian believer, and she came home and said, can you believe it? I was in this place and no one was wearing masks. And I I just had a conversation with my wife and said, you know, why would you feel the need to post that? Unless you just want sympathy or you want people mad or it goes, it it. I think she inadvertently feeds into the sensationalism that we're all mm-hmm. running to supposedly. And
1: dating her allegiance because everybody is worshiping, everybody is praising, and we praise the highest thing. What's the highest thing? For some people, it's a political movement. That is the highest thing. That's where they're going for refuge and where they're going for peace and order. Other people, it's their job. And so they're going to pray to that. And by we're all worshiping. Sorry, right. we are. We all value the highest thing. And then we sacrifice for that thing. We sacrifice money to it. We sacrifice time to it. We sacrifice our headspace to it.
0: Right. Relationships, all of that. Exactly. I, I've heard it said, and, and this is a, a sociological, anthropological, true statement too. Basically, every culture worships, mm-hmm. every culture has special places, special rituals that that are tied into worship in other words all of us worship the problem is some of us have some really bad gods
1: yeah have you noticed something as you look at the protests we just naturally fall into religious like behavior there was mm. so much religious type behavior there yeah did you notice that
0: yeah the 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 freneticness it ties in one time i saw it was a protest but it wasn't connected with anything that's happened in the past year and the people were literally swooning and then at that time i was reading about when elijah who we talked about in previous episode elijah the prophet went up against the prophets of baal and it says that they were swooning they were cutting themselves they were falling on the ground they were shrieking out and this juxtaposed image of what i was watching these people do firsthand not just on on tv it was at a global gathering of the church and They were so upset. I just had this image of the prophets of Baal from, you know, 850 BC on the top of the mountain and trying to call out to someone or something greater and basically, obviously expressing their pain and their, it was crazy. It was really bizarre. Yeah. And yet um, we're built for it.
1: There's something very ancient about what I was seeing there. After that election, I saw some video and photos of crying out. Who are you crying out to? But they were looking up. Yeah. Arms outstretched. Yes, yes.
0: Looks very religious to me. It is. It really is. And another word for some of that is prayer. Mm -hmm. And, And prayer can be a crying out. It can be pouring yourself out.
1: What is it, though, Matt, what, if we had to get to the because a lot of people don't know, like as a beginning, you know, believer for me, I wasn't sure I was doing it right. My first meeting with you, I was asking you, is this prayer? We don't really know what we think it is. It's it's a slot machine or something, you know, like, oh, oh I want yeah. this. But is that and and um, I want to run a, a line of scripture by that in First John mm-hmm. that clarified a lot about prayer to me. And this is 514 First John
0: the Epistle which means a letter.
1: This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears yeah. us. According to his will. That kind of matters a lot And uh, in the Lord's prayer. You know what I mean? It's like right in there. How often are people considering, is this in God's will, what I'm asking for right here? Is this what he wants for me? Is He want, is this what he wants for the world before they
0: start asking for things? Right, right. That's a huge part of what it is. Prayer is... It's not just approaching God with good thoughts. You know, a lot of people, when they hear somebody's facing a surgery, they'll say, oh, we're sending you our good thoughts. And and that's kind of a politically correct way of saying, I'll be praying for you. But I'm not, none of that God stuff. Yeah, right, right. And I think that there's a part of that that is, it, I, it's always appreciated. But at the same time, I think that we can say, I'll be praying for you, that Some people might legitimately say, please don't. I don't believe in that stuff.
1: But have you heard of that? Like, uh, don't do that for me?
0: I think out of anger, I've heard once or twice somebody say, you know, they don't even say fine. They say, just please don't.
1: They've had some bad experiences with professing Christians, I think. That's what i think when that happens because i i did some stuff that i'm embarrassed to say when i was super brilliant smart college student who knew more than everybody else and more than our ancestors i was pretty sure and i, I did some rude stuff right i feel bad about so i understand that
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's just a line
1: or they were let down maybe because yeah. i know someone i'm patient that i don't say too much but one of their children died and and this person I can't say too much about it but anyway the disappointment of not having the thing that she wanted the most happen really shook her faith in
0: God and it it would I can't imagine having walked with people through some of the that's about the most horrific thing and there's an amazing amount of trust that it requires
1: Matt, can I say this though? Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I feel like I'm interrupting you a lot. No, problems. you're good. Um, but I, I want to get this in. I've also, I've usually seen it go quite the other way because I, I did my um, master's thesis on parental bereavement because that my sister died when she was 13. So I got really interested in in death and dying and especially parental bereavement.
0: Mm-hmm. And um
1: almost always in my experience or or the vast majority that brought them closer to God. Because when you get to that point, when you're just devastated where your whole life is just chaos and upside down, they had nowhere else to go.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, there's an old quote. I, I thank God for the wave, meaning the really hard thing that threw me up against the rock of salvation. Ooh,
1: that's cool. That's good imagery, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. that, at one point, even the most difficult things that I could have never imagined thanking God for, I thank God for because they threw me up against my need, or threw me to my knees or threw me into the, the arms of God.
1: For sure. That's my story is, is he let me struggle with the world long enough to where I was 100% sure my happiness was going to come from the worldly things. 100% sure. But I had to really know it to where I had no hope in the world anymore. And then that's when you're, now you're bare. Now Now he can work with you, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's interesting because I, as a kid, would watch Popeye. I mean, it was just one of the cartoons. It was not my favorite. There's I did two. too. You don't funny. have to be embarrassed
1: about that. You Dooby-Doo. have to apologize for
0: Popeye. <laughs> <Arrgh>. <laughs> and Every episode, Popeye, who was fighting Brutus for olive oil, which I could never figure out what he saw in her, would get to the point in his life, in the cartoon, in the six minutes it was, or whatever, Mm -hmm. where he would be underwater, tied to an anvil with an octopus strangling him Mm. and then he would eat his spinach
1: so but why didn't he just eat it earlier i mean why go through all that
0: that's what i'm saying yeah and that's i think what is such a problem for us as christians is we think we can do it on our own or until we get into big trouble or as us as humans not just christ followers we just go through life acting as though god's not around until we really need them and then we go for a spinach kind of thing
1: you know what i'm gonna say to that though right go the disciplines that every day do it when you i tell people practice relaxation strategies before you need them so you train calm because once you get that hormonal mess going it's hard to get it back down right so practice and be disciplined every day in the spiritual disciplines which is prayer is the primary one for me for you know
0: yeah, that's awesome. And you want to know the secret to everybody wants to know the secret. What's the secret to prayer? And Jesus himself said the secret to prayer is secret prayer.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I'll say more about that, because that's very interesting.
0: Sure. Jesus followers, his closest followers said, Lord, we hear you pray. You don't pray like the priests. You don't pray like the rest of the people. And Jesus said, they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, well, don't be like the hypocrites who stand up and make a big spectacle of it or make a big deal of it. Jesus said, and this is Matthew chapter six, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room. And when you have shut the door, like it's not just enough to go in there. When you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. In other words, We say well you can pray anytime yeah i can pray on i-94 when i'm driving down drinking my coffee and in traffic and that is true just don't close your eyes (laughs) but literally when jesus was asked teach us how to pray he said where you pray matters oh i missed that isn't that weird and and he says get get with god the secret to prayer is secret prayer and i think that means several things i think one angle that Jesus means is get God into your secrets. Mm. And the fact is you can let God into your innermost being. Psalm 121 is a beautiful Psalm. It says, I will lift my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from God who keeps your soul. It goes on to say, God will keep your soul. Everybody's vying for your soul. Alexa's vying for your soul. Facebook's vying for your soul. The shoe companies are vying for your soul. Mm -hmm. Kohl's. I just learned Hmm. is vying for your soul and they I've heard that we now get tracked where we walk in department stores and how long we're in certain departments just because of our GPS, you know, because of our phones. Anyways, get God into your innermost being into your soul. Nothing else will do. A lot of things are fighting for your soul. So if everything's fighting for your soul, you better get him in there into your secrets.
1: Why does the privacy matter? What's happening there? What's the significance of that?
0: I think there's a couple things going on. One is everything is vying for your attention and vying for your soul and vying for your worry and vying for your allegiance. And by getting in there, by closing the door, you're setting up a boundary in order for you to do some deeper soul work, in order for you to breathe, in order for you to kind of clear your head on that.
1: And give all attention too, right? Give yeah, all, give all attention without the distractions.
0: Yeah, it's like when you're on the phone and somebody else is in the other room on their phone and you close the door, mm-hmm. it literally mm. allows you to focus in more. And I think that's a, a huge part. The other thing is, I think everything we do in public is shaped by what we do in private. Everything we do in public is shaped by what we do in mm-hmm. private. We I think, think you're we, right? We think we can have a private life and to a point. That's true, but when it comes to, you know, I've, kn- I've known people who were lifelong drinkers or lifelong smokers who for a while could cover it up with breath mints yeah. and cover it up with makeup and cover it up with stuff like that. But as you age, you leak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. Your body,
1: your body will tell the story, won't it?
0: Yeah. And, and it kind of seems like people in their 40s tend to go one of two directions. They either say, I'm going to do better. And they get really healthy and strong or they go the other way. You look good. You look good for 72. Hey, thanks. I feel good for 72. I hope I feel good when I'm 72. (laughs) Thanks a lot. But the idea is we leak. Every one of us leaks. And so if we are in our innermost being godless, not paying attention to anything or paying attention just to ourselves, that's going to leak. For sure. If, if I'm finding peace in my prayer life, that peace is going to leak mm-hmm, right. into other people. I think Jesus must have had a sense of that. Mm-hmm. And I also think that everything you do in public in life is shaped more than anything else by what you do in private. You know, we see the performers, we see the perfect clips of the professional speakers, the professional pastors, the professional athletes, the professional models. We don't see the hours the decades of hours Mm. that go into enabling them to look that good or sound that good for those three minutes and so so i think you know you look at the olympic athletes and you see them do a three minute routine or a 45 second swim whatever it is you don't see the blood sweat and tears that have poured into that our public life is defined by our private life and i think our public life is defined by our private prayer life. Mm-hmm. The problem is our private life is more often defined by the schedules of our public lives.
1: Yeah, you know what feels really good, and I couldn't always say this, but it feels really good to be able to not care, let everyone see anything that they want to see in your life. To to just live in a way that you don't care. You you would want to see everything, but you know, but there's certainly nothing anymore that I would want that I'd be ashamed of you know that feels really good but that takes what you're saying
0: i th- i think everything that we see is being controlled by what we can't see
1: okay so i don't understand quite that
0: in other words if you believe in any kind of spiritual any kind of spirituality what we see in with our eyes in public in the physical world is being influence guided led by what's going on in our spirit, what's going on internally. I mean, in a way, that's what psychology is seeking to study, isn't it?
1: Yeah, psychology is soul care,
0: really. And, and you talk about the physiology.
1: Yeah, it's one thing. Yeah, And, and, and I've noticed this too. In, in Christianity, it's a real physical thing. The body matters a lot, and they talk a lot about the bodies. And for us, at least, we're never disembodied. Like, we're not disembodied even in our dreams. In your dreams, you have a dream body.
0: That's right? interesting.
1: And you feel when you run and things like that. And when, with the resurrection, that was a physical resurrection too.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So
1: we don't separate anymore. We don't think that, that that you can separate. Because look, even my thoughts will evoke a physiologic response to some degree. So let's say I start worrying you could measure an increase in blood pressure an increase in heart rate you know i'm gonna maybe have some cortisol which is a stress mm-hmm. hormone so even our thoughts were and but and it goes the other way around too because we're one thing so if one time you took too much cold medicine and didn't know it or, or you had a response you didn't take too much but you had a response to it and you didn't even know what was happening but your body knew and i bet your thoughts were tended towards the threats and the negativity yes. you figured it out so we're one thing and my profession realizes that now in the DSM-5, we don't, we don't split those things up. So a lot of what I do in therapy, and look at my spiritual practices, are very physical too. Like I do a lot with the breath. Mm-hmm. You know, the, in Orthodox Christianity, they teach this stuff. I don't know if our tradition teaches much of that. But the breath as spirit is a very important part of prayer.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, rituals in life.
1: Are physical, yeah, so much. Are
0: physical and, and are part of who we are, are the rhythm of life. Includes prayer.
1: Do you think the secret prayer also helps to safeguard us against pride? Yeah, you know, because oh, yeah. like, hey, look at how holy I am. You know, I'm gonna, you know, pray publicly. So you, you know, right, keep, and also to keep us from being obnoxious to other people.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, and and the cool thing is that we can pray with confidence as we pray when our our focus is on who I believe as God, yes. because God is sufficient. My prayer life, and and if you are somebody that I'm talking to and you feel completely incompetent and unconfident in how you pray, your focus is on the wrong thing. Your focus is not mm-hmm. on you. Your focus is on God. And God can take anybody wherever they're coming from with whatever competi- competencies they have or they don't have Because when we get our eyes off ourselves, we realize God is sufficient. God is God and we are not. That God is, according to Jesus, a loving father, a close father, a caring father, a consistent father, a competent father. You don't have to worry that God's going to be completely unpredictable. You know, you don't have to worry if you go to God that you know, some people go home and they never knew if their dad was going to explode on them or if their dad was going to give them a hug. It's, you know, they never knew if their dad Trust. Was
1: they, yeah. they couldn't have trust because they might get hurt at any
0: moment. Yeah. And God is not like that. We don't understand everything God does, but we know about his character.
1: Uh, I think we should probably also say that you might not... Be comfortable with it at first. It deepens with practice. Prayer is a
0: practice, right? Very much um, like any I, exercise.
1: Yeah, I found that out too. You know, because I wasn't confident at all when I was doing it. I remember, the first thing I came to you is, is to say, "Look, if I'm just sitting there, feeling peaceful and feeling cl- connected to God, is that prayer?" Because that was really, I didn't have a lot of words early on. Mm-hmm. I would just what? do that, and I could do that.
0: Right. What did I say? I'm sure you remember, and I'm sure it was profound.
1: You said you talk too much. No, you said you said uh, you said yeah, it is, and it was kind of a, it was a relief to me. And then later on, I, I realized that that is a practice, and the presence of God is a legitimate thing to do. Because when we're in prayer, we're in connection. We're I'm away from the world, and I'm into looking at the Most High. Because sometimes the the highest thing isn't God. A lot of times, the highest thing isn't God. When I get anxious, for instance, cause I used to have an anxiety disorder like PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't have that anymore, but anxiety can come and go, thoughts come and go. We don't even know what they are or where they come from really, they just come. What I'll do is just, I have some phrases that I've memorized. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That will get me back into prayer. But I, you have to feel what you pray, though. Don't, don't just be robotic about it, right? You have to really feel that I'm aiming at something and I want to hit that target, right? Mm. I, want, I want connection right now. And that takes me from the world up into the higher things, right? I've been practicing that a lot.
0: And it is a spiritual battle. You know, a lot of us never get to any kind of higher things because we're so busy worrying about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Am I doing this right? Am I mm-hmm. not? Wh- why do I not feel anything? And mm-hmm. that to me is is like when you have a cut or a scrape on your arm and a scab forms and you spend nothing but checking on the scab and lifting up the scab to see if it's working right. When Right on. What we need to realize is we're called the humility. I think humility in prayer doesn't mm-hmm. mean you think less of yourself, but it means you think of yourself less and stop worrying about your motivation Mm -hmm. for prayer or for Mm -hmm. anything. God can work with impure motives.
1: Agreed. Why do people cry sometimes during prayer?
0: Mm. I think we are called to express whatever emotions we are going to to God. You don't have to protect God from your emotions. Jesus fully expressed his emotions, good, bad, and ugly, to the world.
1: I think you're right about that. But I, one time we went on our first trip, my sister got married. So Griffin was a, just a little guy. And it was the first time we were away for days. Mm-hmm. And when we came home, like we both bolted out of the car to get to him first. Right. And she got to him first. And um,
0: <laughs> well done. But,
1: but, yes. <laughs> I tripped. And so she, but he, when he first he looked surprised and then he started crying. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, the attachment and feeling so strong sometimes in prayer when i'm when i connect with god that you it's tears of joy it's not sadness but there is something really sometimes that like the holy spirit comes and you just feel so mm. I don't even know what the word is. It's a deep feeling of love that causes people to become emotions. And oh, I yeah. Because I noticed that early on with me, but, but then I looked it up in Quora. And the people were asking that question because nobody tells us why. What's happening? Why is this happening? But it happens a lot. It happens to a lot of people.
0: Does that right. ever happen to you? Once in a while, yes. Uh-huh. When I take my guard down. What does that mean? The raw emotions. Uh-huh. Um, and, I, and I don't care what anybody sees. I don't care what uh-huh. anybody thinks except maybe God. And I don't care what I think, you know, I just yeah. want to be in his presence. And I don't know, there's kind of a forging, not forging, cause it's not a hard thing, but a freeing of, of what's bottled up. You know,
1: it is cathartic. It's very cathartic.
0: Yeah. And, and we talked about this when we talked about sadness, it, it is a cleansing that happens when we allow ourselves to get there. when, we can kind of get lost in it a little bit. And and when that is done or when that happens to you in prayer, it is okay to go there because we got to let God into your secrets.
1: Yeah, it's enjoyable actually because it relaxes you. But I like the word that you use because I described that you know transformation that I had in 2014 as I just feel clean. Mm. Right? I felt clean for the first time. I felt clean, right? And I'm not saying I'm anything special or whatever, but a lot of the burdens were taken you know away from me and it felt clean
0: one of the things that you've said that really hit me hard and was kind of a relief frankly as a pastor talking to a psychologist is is when you said you know these practices and this worldview, it really works and it really works with psychology you know everybody thinks oh faith versus science that they don't line up I, I got so like frustrated
1: because nobody told me that uh, science was developed in the West by devout Christians and for the purpose of seeking God, that was the reason that it, it happened because the, these folks understood that they were, and I mean the, the giants of it, you know, Newton and, you know, they realized that there was an order and they wanted to discover it so they could know get closer to God. Nobody told me that. It, it was always presented to me implicitly, at least. And sometimes explicitly that, oh, no, that's that is not science can't be reconciled with with Christianity. And uh, sorry, it developed there. Yeah. Uh, and I know sometimes I treat just very well educated people, you know, you know, surgeons and other things, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that, that where they were exposed to the scientific method. And they're devout Christians. There are a whole bunch of John Lennox and some of the other people that were, you know, Oxford mathematicians. If that's where he's from, I was sure. Cambridge or Oxford. I I forget. But so so let's not pretend like prayer is for dummies who can't manage their lives, or and that science or religion and Christianity is for dummies who can't understand science. They develop the darn thing. The darn yeah, methods,
0: right. That's so good. And you know, when people struggle with what do I do, what do I say, what do I pray? Well, the first thing is. Listen to yourself. What do I do? What do I say? What do I pray? Get yourself off yourself. Mm. That's one of the healthiest things you can do spiritually or psychologically sometimes is to forget about yourself and just be in the moment and be about what you're doing.
1: Oh, Matt, you're so right. The self-conscious emotions are painful.
0: What are the names of some of the self-conscious um, emotions? Well, shame.
1: And and shame, I, I, I believe, is really self-contempt. We are looking at ourselves in severe judgment, right? Because you know, guilt is like, a, you know, I feel guilty if I screw something up. That's going to happen, right? But but if I go on to condemn myself and look at myself with disgust and anger, that's going to cause shame. Okay. Um. And you know, guilt's another one. Anxiety really is a self-conscious emotion, right? I'm not safe. I think I'm not going to be safe. Something's going to. It's all the direction. If you want to feel good, start focusing on other people. If you want to feel good in prayer. This is what I'm saying. Like you pray how you want. I'm not an expert on this, but I find this most ninety percent or more of my prayer are gratitude prayers and prayers for other people. I don't focus on myself because I'll tell you why I don't focus on myself. Because I used to think I knew what was good for me, and I was really wrong. Wow! So for me to ask for an outcome that's so complicated and that, you know, or to control another person for me, I, I doesn't feel it doesn't sit right with me.
0: Hmm. That's good. One of the things that prayer has done in my life, and I've started my day more consciously with prayer than any other time in my life in the last few years. And I remember even just three years ago, waking up after I had attended a prayer workshop, three days earlier, waking up, it was on a Tuesday morning. And I felt at long last with a lot of stuff going on in the world at complete peace. Mm-hmm. Knowing that God was God, knowing that God was going to see through this season that we're facing, this president we're facing, this government that we're facing, mm-hmm. the global epidemics that we're facing, and God was still going to be God on the oh, tail end
1: of it. Perfect peace? Yeah. Yeah, in those mom- in the moment. Yeah.
0: and And for me, it was almost like a second awakening. It was a second conversion. And it was... It it was what as Christianity we would say the Holy Spirit, who's God with us. And finally it was it was almost humorous because it was like God spoke to me, not in an audible voice, but in an image in my mind or a word picture in my mind. And he said, I was wondering when you were gonna finally trust yeah. me fully. Oh, uh,
1: so good. Yeah. He spoke to you with certainty. You knew yeah. the voice that same with me. You'll know it when it comes. You yeah.
0: Know? He almost threw in you dummy. <laughs> I was I wasn't taking that, that was offense. you I was laughing you. I mean I was I was experienced this moment of perfect yes. peace and it was yes. almost a euphoric kind of a feeling it is it, there is some euphoria to it for sure you can pray and not have any emotions
1: I'm, I'm I was hoping you would throw that in yeah
0: yeah you can pray and 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 just mm. being in God's presence you don't have the words and when you don't have the words know that you are right in line with Romans chapter eight which says, uh, when we pray, the Spirit intercedes, the Holy Spirit intercedes mm-hmm. with us. When we don't have the words, when we don't know what yes. to pray, God's Spirit intercedes with groans, with sighs that are too deep for words. So be confident. God's even got you covered when you don't know what to pray, that His Holy Spirit will intercede. Will And it may sound like groans to you, but they're their expressions from you to God.
1: Yeah. And the purpose isn't to like get high by praying. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just like the byproduct of it. what it is, is to see. Cause a lot of my prayers are just like that. Like, you know, God make speed to save me. Lord make mm-hmm. haste to help me. And i mm-hmm. say that over. And you know what he does? And then we forget that he did. And we forget to thank him a lot of times because it works off and I go, Oh yeah, that worked. You know, I should pay attention to that. So you've probably gotten a lot of people excited about this thing called prayer. Why don't you help people understand how they might do it? You know, you've done a good job of like saying, like, you know, here's what you can expect sometimes, but not all the time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so, and the benefits of it we've talked about, but
0: how would one just start to approach it? with some confidence? I I would say, first of all, your confidence is in God as you pray. It is not in yourself. There's a scripture that talks about in everything, give thanks, pray without ceasing, just amazing steps that we can take in our lives. Whatever we're going through, the best days of our lives, the worst days of our lives, God is God and God is with us, but he doesn't force himself on us. That's why it's important Mm -hmm. to have it to invite him into your life because he's he will not go where he is not invited. Jesus never went anywhere and never stayed where he was not welcome.
1: I know. I've, I, I noticed that because a lot of Christians are like, no, you must tolerate everything because you're a good person. You got to be a good person and therefore go around that abusive group of people. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I never saw that anywhere in the scriptures. I saw the opposite. Right. Shake the dust.
0: I think that In terms of prayer, his disciples said, How do you do this? And Jesus said, Where you pray is important. Mm -hmm. Go in, close the door. You don't have to look for the results. You put the results in God's hands.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And so for some people, it's finding a comfortable chair, but not too comfortable. For some people, it's on a walk. For some people, it's with their hands folded. For some people, it's with their hands open. Some other how to's they talk about a couple ways to do it. But Jesus said, here's how you do it. And he said, you pray like this. And it doesn't have to be wrote these exact words, but he says, our father. In other words, use familial terms with God. He is your heavenly father. Even if you had a, a really difficult earthly father.
1: And feel it too. All of these things you're going to tell us right now, feel it. Mm-hmm. Don't go rote. Sometimes it may seem like that, but you you have to want it. You have to really be earnestly seeking and have some desire for it, but
0: go ahead. Yeah, he makes it about God, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. You know, Not hallowed be my name, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And I'm only just saying it the way that I learned it. You don't have to say these and thys and thous.
1: Yeah, but can I say that a a little bit of commentary? When I say thy kingdom come, that is a promise. I'm just repeating his promise because I believe it. I can see it. You know what I mean it, it's not a straight shot but if you take a look at the world and like what Tom Holland the, the historian has written in Dominion he's an atheist too I told you mm-hmm. I love reading the atheists when they get into Christianity because that kind of you know validates it even more right oh but yeah. I can't the kingdom's coming mm-hmm. right it started at the cross right or the birth really right
0: That's right thy kingdom come and then this dangerous prayer thy will be done mm-hmm. on earth as it is in heaven that's really a prayer of surrender saying, God, I'm surrendering my life to yours. It's not all about me. And, and it just gives you this perspective. You can just kind of breathe. You know, God can do what he needs to do. We don't mm-hmm. have to defend God. We don't have to protect him from things. God is God mm-hmm. in spite of our best efforts. I mm-hmm. yes. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. There's n- needs that we have, God. God wants us to bring our desires to him and our needs to him.
1: Do you know what that, so the Greek word is epiosios? Yeah, but it's not used often, so I'm not sure anybody knows for sure what that daily bread is, that Epiusios. But I know that it, Chuck White taught me that it's related to the spiritual bread. You know, it can work on – Christianity works on a lot of levels, right? It, uh, you can go very abstract with it, and it still works with its symbology and things like that. But I don't think that, you know, it means, like, make me a sandwich, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Br- bring me a sandwich.
0: Right, right. Okay. And And the other thing about that, it's daily. It's mm. not, give me a week's supply. In other words, mm. God basically just wants a love relationship with you. Gotcha. And, and that doesn't mean, give me a week's supply and I'll see you in a week. Right. He wants to be with us right. day in and day out, moment by moment. Yeah. Give us today our daily bread and lead us not into temptation. Forgive us. Forgive us our trespasses as That's we forgive. That's a huge forget. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. That, God, all, all Christianity is like writing that prayer, you know? Right. really meditate on it.
0: Right. Yeah. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I don't think that means at the same time. I think that means also, and this is even more dangerous, God, you forgive me as I forgive people who have done wrong against me. You
1: mean me. like in measure? In measure? Yeah, like you yeah. About? I think so too, right?
0: Like like we've got to Mm -hmm. and so if i'm hanging on to all kinds of grudges am i when i pray that prayer saying, Mm -hmm. god you you forgive me selectively like i selectively forgive the Mm -hmm. people who've Mm -hmm. done wrong against me Mm
1: -hmm. i think it's also a proclamation of the way you know that this is how we live now we forgive
0: you right yeah and out of that we live our lives Mm -hmm. lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil there is evil there is real there is Mm -hmm. choice that we face. And God, we want to look to God for that. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That's our declaration. That's our our pledge. That's our allegiance. That's our celebration. Right on. Yes. And amen means so be it. Let it be so in my life.
1: Well, I like that we pray on the way out of the podcast because I think that it's a good model for people to see. So would
0: you mind Mm -hmm. praying us out? I'd be glad to. Let's pray together. Lord, we just take a minute to breathe. We take time, God, to rest in you. Lord, we take what we know is churning around in us and we invite you there. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are with us. You are in us and you want to guide us into truth. Jesus, thank you that you have forgiven us our sins and shown us the way and told us you are the way. We can't go there without you. And so we lift up to you this conversation and what you have yet to do in and through us. I thank you for Marty, and I thank you for this opportunity to have this conversation. And we pray, God, for your peace, your love, and your joy to be full so that we would leak those things into the lives of the people around us as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.